Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, well, welcome to Elijah's Dreams. I'm your host, Steve Schultz. We're in year 26. I bring you the voice of the prophets. And of course, we do prophets and patriots, of which today is one of those episodes. We're going to bring on Dr. Jan Halper Hayes in just a few moments. A couple of important announcements. Let me slow down just a little bit. First, I want to um, let you know that Donna Rigney will be with us tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up an, a, a newspaper article. Um, let's go ahead and put that up there. Uh, some people are say, calling it the day of rage that the Ham- Hamas is calling for tomorrow, which is also Friday the 13th, uh, which many of the deep staters and the occultists take advantage of that. Uh, also called the day of jihad. And it's, I'll just read that. The Palestinian Hamas terror group, known as Hamas, has called on Muslims worldwide to stage a day of jihad, jihad or holy war on Friday, October 13, coincidentally, coincidentally a date that resonates with horror movies and the upcoming Halloween holiday. This is just a call for prayer. Um, I don't, you know, we probably don't have the luxury of preventing every t- attack that they, they plan to do. They plan to, if you read all of the fine print and the articles that we have, they're calling for blood in the streets, basically. They want to see people killed and they want to see, and, and those that follow them have, many of them have, have, if not most of them, have prepared their whole life to be martyrs. In other words, to die in the middle of an attack, they believe God will reward them for that. So uh, a quick reminder to, you know, I'm gonna stay out of it any public places uh, anyway, but, um, if there was a day where you could put off and go on a different day, I wouldn't go over this uh, um, weekend very many places, especially uh, in areas where that activity could be much more prevalent. So, of course, we know we're going all over the earth with this uh, broadcast. So uh, so thanks for praying for that. Um, all right. Now, let me just pull up another item. This is a picture of an 85-year-old woman, an Israeli grandmother. And let me just read this to you. On October 7th, Nearly 200 innocent civilians were abducted from Israel into the Gaza Strip. Their whereabouts remain unknown. More than 3,000 women, men, and children ranging in age from three months to 85 years old were wounded, murdered, beaten, raped, and (coughs) brutally separated from loved ones by Hamas. Um, This woman is the the 85-year-old woman that has been kidnapped. Now, this morning I received that flyer and we're they're encouraging you to you know alert share whatever uh, however you can do it this flyer and what we're sharing with you i'm going to bring up a photo of uh, of a gentleman named Kalef myers go ahead and bring it up these this is a very dear friend of the enlos johnny and elizabeth and chris cool their son-in-law and justice their daughter uh in israel and he is a christian but he is a, an amazing attorney uh, according to several people, he's never lost a case. He's that good. Well, this is what Elizabeth shared this morning. She said, we received this this photo that we just showed you a minute ago from our dear friend, Kalef Myers, who is a leading attorney in Jerusalem. He has been given the task to advocating for the hostages. He sent us this to ask everyone to pray and to intercede for each one and share this if you can. So we're going to play a quick uh, video clip from Kalev, and notice that the website below, AriseForIsrael.com, he mentions that, 
in the clip that we're going to play. So here we go with that. Hello, friends. I know that many of you are aware of what's happening today in Israel. Unfortunately, now uh, there are 800 confirmed casualties of Israelis that were viciously murdered by Hamas militants two days ago. I know it's, in, it's hard to even understand these numbers, but comparatively, that would be like 26,000 Americans being killed in one day in the United States. Uh, so Israel is just reeling in shock. Uh, I have many uh, uh, friends and family members, business associates that have been called up to active military duty. Uh, there are another 2,300 uh, people who are seriously injured. And the most horrific situation are over 150 Israelis. Uh, we're talking about elderly people, middle-aged people, children, babies that have been abducted by Hamas, brought back into Gaza and are currently being kept in tunnels underneath Gaza by Hamas militants. Um, many of you have asked, you know, what, is there anything you can do in this situation? So I wanted to let you know that I've um, been personally uh, uh, requested by a committee which is representing the families of the hostages to get engaged and help lead an international media and um, diplomatic lobbying campaign to put pressure on the international community, international forums, international organizations. Uh, to call for the immediate and unconditional release of uh, all of these uh, innocent civilians and hostages that have been abducted by Hamas. The campaign will have uh, two arms. One arm will be uh, digital media. We're going to be creating high-quality uh, video clips of interviews telling the story of the, the families and their loved ones who are abducted and are currently being held by Hamas and blasting out, out into social networks and international media. And the second arm of the campaign will be physical advocacy, including a massive demonstration, probably uh, in Geneva, Place des Nations, in front of the Human Rights Council of the United Nations and the offices of the Red Cross, calling on these international bodies to get engaged uh, and, and advocate and make their best effort to see the release of all these people. Uh, many of you have asked if there's any way you can support us. So uh, number one, please uh, pray for this campaign uh, and for our efforts in this matter. Secondly, if you want to support this financially, you can go to our website at ariseforisrael.com, go to our donation um, tab and make a contribution. We will use these resources in order to support this uh, campaign uh, for the release of these innocent Israelis that are currently being held by Hamas. Thank you very much for your prayers. Thank you very much for your support. And uh, I look forward to being in touch. Uh, he who keepeth Israel will not slumber nor sleep. Lo yinom velo yishan shomer Israel. Amen. Very good. Well, thank you. I wanted you all to have that. Go to that website, support any way you can. Uh, we're trying to stay right up on uh, what you need to hear from us. So. Um, appreciate that very much. All right, time to bring in uh, Dr. Jan. So here we go with Prophets and Patriots. Dr. Jan Helper Hayes, good to see you again. This is the second appearance on Elijah Streams. Welcome. Oh, I'm happy to be back with you, Steve. So good to have you here. You are in the UK. It's about, uh, we're in that sweet spot where it's not too late for you and it's about okay. five right here. It's like 7 p.m. ish. 7-Eleven yes. probably. Uh, it, yeah, it is. But, you know, I, I work East Coast hours and Space Force is often calling from Hawaii. So we've got an 11 hour time difference. So uh, it, I'm up at all hours. Let's just put it that well, way. Well, it's, it's sure good to have you here. And, you know, give a real quick bio again. Uh, and mention the step like how in how in what way are you involved in space force or why are you getting calls that way as opposed to 
uh, right over the phone. Maybe just talk about that, both of those things. Uh, okay. So I come from a consulting background. I'm trained as a political psychologist. Uh, I specialized in leadership and change strategy. And for IBM, I ran EMEA, Europe, Middle East, and Africa for the strategy and change practice. Uh, but prior to that, I had my own company, which I sold to Tom Peters of In Search of Excellence fame. Oh, yes, that famous book, right. Yes, wow. yes. And I set up a consulting arm for him. And uh, I went, I actually, when I wanted to not travel anymore and I wanted to have a baby, I went back to Stanford to their broadcast news program because I thought, well, let me just find a way to stay at home but still communicate. So that, that worked out well for a short time until I got asked to be CEO of a streaming company. Um, and uh, I have been in the UK for 22 years. Um, I love it here. Uh, before lockdown, I was back in the States half the time. And so, you know, I had the best, but I will tell you, I like not having to travel, but also in the course of my career, I have consulted with many companies and many government agencies, and I specialize in mergers and acquisitions, but also a subspecialty in understanding how to bring diverse cultures together, the way one company does something and the way another company does it. And I probably... I don't know. I honestly don't know how many executives and managers I've trained, but it's got to be over 25,000 at this point. And so what happened was I feel like I've kind of raised these people through their careers. Nice. And one of them, one of them is connected to the Department of Defense and asked me if I would like to be on the task force. And I want to be really clear to people who are listening. The fact is that we are not part of a PSYOP. We basically take the temperature. We've got anthropologists. We've got sociologists. We've got psychologists. We even have a forensic accountant on our team to look at things. And we are taking the temperature of what is going on pretty much in social media because that's pretty much our lives. And yeah. we're very, very concerned about the unity. It has a crack in it. And there mm -hmm. are certain people who we have identified as instigators that are purposely trying to destroy other people's reputation. Mm -hmm. And in fact, what has just come out, Steve, is that claiming that Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, Admiral Rogers, True the Vote, Greg Phillips and Catherine, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht um, are all really deep state. And, mm. and you know, this, this is so, so dangerous. And, and the people that are putting this together, I really want them to think if they could have been betrayed by Vice President Mike Pence, if they could have been betrayed by Barack Obama, if they could have been set up by the FBI, would they still have the spirit, 
the graciousness, the gratitude, and the work that Mike Flynn exhibits, how he goes about. I mean, I don't know another human being who wouldn't be bitter about that. And that just speaks so much to him. I think they don't realize that Catherine, Catherine Engelbrecht threw the vote. She was targeted in the Obama administration by the IRS. They oh, tried wow. to ruin her. So she has been a fighter. And Admiral Rogers, goodness, he's the one that told Donald Trump that he was being spied on. So right now, we are really concerned about three particular podcaster sites, um, Shady Groove, In the Matrix, and The Authority. Can you believe that arrogance? The Authority Q is what they call themselves. Mm. and and. Right now, we have also identified one really, really bad instigator that my colleagues referred to the FBI. Now, we're waiting for a reaction because, one, if the FBI just drops it and doesn't tell us anything, then we know they're behind that person. And if they come back to us, then we have a really good case study of how we've been able to track the damage and who's involved and who the instigators bring on. But anyone who is following these three sites, and if you believe what they're telling you, they're just trying to get you upset. The thing is, look, we all wanted something to happen yesterday. We wanted something to happen on January 20th. Oh, yeah, of course. 2021. And when we're waiting, it, that impatience brings out that childlike innocence in us. When's it going to happen? You know, think about how often if you have kids and you're in a car, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Oh, yeah. I mean, part of our nature. But on the other hand, I really want to encourage people to not get in with that negativity because they're trying to break us down. And one of the reasons the impatience is growing right now is that, and I and I have a feeling this is something I'm going to just say in every podcast, but I talked about how we have to trust our intuition, that's our gut feel, yes. and our physical reaction. And I likened it to that's the car and our our strategic thinking, our rationalization, all of our mind is like the driver. The driver has to make decisions. The Are we going to go right? Are we going to go left? Am I going to start the car? Whatever. But also that's where Satan gets to us. Mm. And, and I really want to caution people about that because when you get involved in that negativity, you're spreading it but it's so unhealthy for you. So right now we're, we're concerned because there's some unity breaking down partially because of the resistance, partially because a lot of the patriots so badly want to educate the sleepers. Yeah, that's they true. Can't, they can't get through to them and they really want to help them. and. That is something that one has to learn to let go. 
you have to say, if they're not receptive, that's okay. I put it out there. And in God's time, in, in God's time. The last point I want to make on this is that, again, we have to trust ourselves. Now, you could say, yes, uh, I'm spiritual or I'm religious and I believe in God, or, or but this is a spiritual war. And you have to decide, are you part of the spiritual war or are you part of the people who want to destroy our country and hurt other people? And that is a really big choice. Now, I would encourage anyone who follows these instigators, because they are really under investigation, that you don't want to be forwarding on their posts. You don't want to be connected to them. Because you don't know how bad, I don't know how bad the backlash would be if something is found out. We know, we suspect they're paid. We're tracing who pays them. We're tracing things about their lives. And uh, this has to stop. And so I ask everyone to please help bring the unity back. Well, you know, and... uh... I, I noticed there's a couple of very popular cutting edge people that have their own podcast. One is huge and one is very large as well. Um, and I love them both. They have great things to, but they got sort of into a war with each other, you know, and I think it had to, one of them said, look folks, he said it's boiled down, boils down to someone getting credit versus someone else getting credit. And I'm, that's as far as I'm going to describe it. And, um, so the appeal is for especially those who are all on the white hat side leave each other alone don't put don't put don't speak ill of another brother in the in the race in the arms race in the in the in the war together you know right so exactly the, yes it, and, and and the thing is that by doing that it's your ego you know get back to letting god speak to you and guide you because if you want credit or you want to be the leader or the one who broke it or what, what does it really matter? It doesn't in the whole scheme of things. That's right. You're picking on the wrong stuff and you're creating negativity and other people, you're spreading it to other people. And I don't think they want to do that. Ronald Reagan was famous for saying this is a paraphrase. It's probably pretty close. He said, there's no limit to what the things you can get done if you don't care who gets the credit for it. Something like that. Do you know that one? Yeah. And and that's so important, you know, at this point, you know, if someone copies what you've done and they kind of inadvertently makes it sound like their own, just let let it go. You know, it's not worth trying to get beside who gets credit for it because people that are really observing will know who brought it up first and all that stuff. And I want to show one quick thing, Dr. Mm -hmm. Jan. Uh, a quick graphic, Emily, of that one that where Trump spoke of, of Dr. Chan. I'm going to read this. You appeared on something in the UK and, and took t- t- that guy to lunch, ate his lunch, and this is what Dr. This is what Donald <laughs> Trump says. Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is fantastic. Everyone has got to watch her interview on election fraud with the poor sap <laughs> who got taken apart by her. Thank you, Doc, Don Jr., for putting this masterpiece out for the public to see. So I want people to know that because there's there's a authority behind your words, and and you know if the president himself is is endorsing you, I just want people to, oh, to see that. Listen, now, let me ask you another question. We're going to talk about Congress here and the speakership and all that, but can you talk for a few minutes about 
among the patriots, there's there's those who emphasize there's not so they'll say there's not very much a plan, and any even the plan we had fell apart. And so that if you're going to win this battle, you got to win it yourself because help is not on the way. Okay, there's that, and I think I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to sort of motivate. I'm more motivated by hope. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And so, and um, the other side is they they just put it right out there. Trump had a plan when he came on online on 2015 and said, I'm running for president. He was already, the plan was already underway, including where we are today, if I understand right. Kind of contrast those two positions and where you stand on that. Well, one, there is definitely a plan. I don't know if people are aware, but the military wanted to oust Obama. And they went and convinced Trump to run. I think they've tried to recruit him numerous times, Mm. but they succeeded this time. And therefore, they knew that, in fact, they could start getting rid of the corrupt people, start dealing with the deep state and address all of that. Here's, for me, this is what keeps me going. It's when you read the writing of the New World Order, Kabbalists, everything, they have been plotting this for more than one century. Wow. And they have been very, very patient. If Donald Trump can be patient and go through the steps, then we, if we want to support him, but if we also want to be sane, we need to also be patient with it. See, we see little signs and then we get our hope up and we need to be very hopeful. But I also think that at least what keeps me going is praying about gratitude every day. That's good. I am grateful that I am aware. I am grateful that I have this responsibility. I am grateful for the people in my lives. I am grateful my head is not in the sand. Yeah. Um, and that I don't risk having cognitive dissonance because I don't think for myself. And some people can't admit that they were wrong. It's really, really hard for them. So don't get on their case. But there is definitely a plan. And if you think about how the other side has been chipping away at us, for example, women's lib, why did they have to make men bad? No. Good point. They made men bad to start to destroy and weaken men. And you it, it it's one's got to lose, one's got to be bad so the other can be good. That's not life. Yeah. That's really that's really not life. So when we look at those things or we look at Obama who basically spent 8 years doing an apology tour. Mm. But He used shame. He used guilt. He used embarrassment. He did. He used victimhood to instill that in people's minds. I always believed that Black Lives Matters was a movement 
that really sprung up after he left. And it was out of the anger that he did nothing for the black community. And uh, another time I can take you through in our culture, how many of these culture wars he instigated in those eight years. Speaking of Obama right there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so that's that's true how Black Lives Matter came along after he was gone. Yep. Because it wouldn't have served them to come uh, to do what they did while he was there because they had to at least pretend that they're all on the same page, Black Lives and all that. They, they uh, when Trayvon Martin was killed, yes, yeah. they uh, protested and everything. But when it really came together, it was... It was after Obama. Okay, wow. Well, we wanted to talk about Congress and the speakership, and I know that there was a little bit of uh, news that Scalise didn't get the, the vote. So jump in on either Congress first or the speakership or wherever you want to jump on. I know you've got lots to say. I'm going to just turn you loose. and. Uh, <laughs> well, first off, uh, please go to my Substack drjan.substack.com because the jig is up for Congress. And if we don't use our voice now, then we are going to regret it because there is not a single one of them that is qualified to be the speaker because they will resort to all their old ways of doing things. The first thing that bothered me was when both Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise, I'm running because I want to bring the conference together. Right, so everyone can make nice. How about it needing a leader that is gonna get them to do their job, but to do their job with a bit of a backbone because we're tired of these endless hearings these endless investigations. And we need someone who is actually experienced in how to change the behavior of a group of people so that they focus on the common good. I mean, we don't, I asked the question in the article, when was the last time you made a decision about the common good? And when they were talking about bringing the conference together, it's all about them. Once again, where's we the people in this? And it isn't. And Steve Scalise got 119 votes and Jim Jordan got 99. So there is still hope that someone else could be brought in. Now, I know you've had Devin Nunes on yeah. the show. So if you want to forward my article to him, because I did post on Truth Social that I had him in mind while I was writing it, although oh, I really oh yeah now see I would have I read read that and I thought she must be talking about Trump when you 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 weren't talking about Trump. Well, my previous article, yeah. I very much would love to see Trump in there because he will cut through everything, and he will then force these people to learn how to take action instead of the constant discussion and the preening. Uh, I I don't know if he really would want to do it, but I think there's a part of him that wouldn't mind getting in there 
because he said, oh, well, 100 days. Maybe uh, I could give you time for 100 days. Um, but if we think Devin Nunes, with Devin Nunes, we get Cash Patel. And Cash Patel is very wise to the workings of the government, the law, the Constitution. So we could really see some action happening that needs to happen because, frankly, Congress hasn't done much in a couple of decades. You know, when I went back to Stanford to the Summer Institute for Political Psychology, one of the professors said he worked on his book for 10 years. And in that time, there were over 2 million bills created, but not more than a few hundred that were passed. So we've got these staffers working, creating bills so the congressperson can go back to the constituents and say, yes, I did this, I'm fighting for you, but I'm not getting anywhere. I mean, they don't add that part. And they have got to think about how we can work together. You know, I, I years ago worked for the mayor of New York City and Nelson Rockefeller was the governor at the time. He was considered a liberal Republican. He cared about social issues. He cared about people. But he found a way to bring together national security, state security, conservative principles without being some softy mm. that, that thinks that you have to take care of feelings. I did put I did put a, a joke up. What's the difference between a gun and a whining liberal? Okay. Well, a gun has only one trigger. <laughs> the liberal has multiple. You know, and I, you're fun, Dr. Jan, because I've been looking at your Twitter posts and all that. And you're really very Trumpian because you're soft spoken. You know, Trump doesn't tend to yell, at least not publicly. And, and yet he's got names for everybody. You got a few names yourself, you know? And, <laughs> and so you're you're very soft-spoken at this point, but I've seen you release some good names for these people. I mean, you're not using profanity, but you're, you're, you're you know, you're labeling these rats or what I think was one of the ones, but you know, you don't, you don't mince words about it. And I, I in fact, along that line, I'm a little not quite clear because you don't, Congress is saying you, they've tried, to, their whole thing was supposed to be make nice. And then at the same time, if you just make nice, you, you're totally ineffective. And then you made a point in your article about that. If How do we expect someone that's going to come all the way to the top? Let's say Steve Scalise. Right. I don't know much about him. And, and he's come all the way to the top by compromise and getting along with everybody. And, and then how do we expect someone like that to suddenly be, and I'll use the Trumpian, I'll use that word, uh, to Trump and get things done, he can't. He can't because he owes everybody these niceties. And I don't know what. What are your thoughts about how do you balance the nice versus let's get things done? Well, the one thing that I didn't put in the article, okay. but I suspected that they were going to vote for Steve Scalise. Not only was he almost killed in that softball yeah. game, but he has cancer right now. Mm. And he's been going for treatment. 
And I think part of it was a sympathy vote. But Mm. let's back up a minute because Kevin McCarthy, another article when I that I wrote Trump, but not Kevin McCarthy, is that Kevin McCarthy is one of was one of the three last standing of the young Turks, Eric Cantor. Uh, uh, I always have an N minus one memory. Who else am I thinking about that? That what Paul Ryan? Well, I was going to say Paul Ryan. Him? Yeah. How could I forget him? Yeah. Uh, do you know that Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan right now in Utah? are having a two-day enclave with Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Bugum, uh, the governor of whatever state in the Midwest that yeah, he's I from. don't know that one. Uh, DeSantis and Vivek were not invited, and they're trying to figure out who they can recruit against Trump. See, and Nikki Haley is part of that? Nikki Haley was invited. Is Who am I going? missing? Oh, Chris Christie is I there. I mean, the fact that they invited her means that they feel like they got a chance with her to turn on Trump. You know, I didn't know if, if she was playing, speaking of making nice, uh, somewhat nice so that she could be considered for VP because she she knows she can't win. Uh, at least that's my, my perspective. Yes. But um, so did, do you know if Nikki Haley went? Did they, oh, did yes. Yeah, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, they're all there. Oh, man, talk about fish in a barrel. They didn't invite Vivek or DeSantis. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so it's so typical of those old rhinos that are exclusionary. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they're picking people that are already in their good old boys club, pardon the pun, boys, because Nikki's not a boy, but, you know. Right. Part, there's part of the part of that club, that little clique. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, just hearing those yeah. names together, uh, I was maybe starting to think a little more positively of Nikki Haley, but not with that. Plus, isn't Nikki Haley advocating for more Ukraine money to be spent? Yes, I believe she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so back to uh, McCarthy is that I have known him for years and when i was leading republicans overseas i all i had a lot of work to do with him okay. and he he is a panderer he is duplicitous and i put that out there last november because i wanted that do you know that the last time there was going to be a shutdown because of the budget he got together with McConnell and put the screws to Trump by in that particular budget giving control to the towns and the cities at the border to decide whether they wanted to have a fence built or not. They oh, snuck that in to sabotage him. And I, and I could go on and on and about who led, who led that charge? McCarthy and McConnell jointly got together and then pressured Trump to sign the bill during that shutdown to end that shutdown. Well, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the kind of where I'm so done with us having to put up 
with these people. And that's what I'm afraid of. Steve Scalise has, he's a nice guy. He's a good congressman, but he's moved up by playing the game. And he's been at, at the feet of McCarthy. And when you have someone that duplicitous, it rubs off. That's not what we need. I don't see Steve Scalise bringing them all together. And even if it's bringing them all together so they get along and they make nice, how many of them really want to get along? I mean, what you need to do is focus on actions and get them behind those actions and get them to take some action. And I thought when they fought McCarthy, one of the things was to have more say and not to have the rules committee, just 10 people making all of the decisions. I mean, can you imagine going to work and representing your constituents, but you've got Paul Ryan as a speaker and he won't let you subpoena someone. He won't let you bring that issue up. So we need to stop that. Both the Senate and the House are literally considered the dysfunctional, the most dysfunctional agency in government. And they think it's okay to just continue on same old, same old. That's why they don't like Trump, because he's not willing to put up with the status. He wants to get oh. things done. You made a point in your article about the uh, some one of them had said we don't we don't really want to solve the gun issue because we need that issue. Both sides need the same issue to raise money for their campaigns. Do you remember making that? Oh, point? I I I remember having the discussion with this former congressman, okay. and. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, why? Please explain to me. He said, oh, we'll never solve it. Because if we solve it, then what do we have to campaign on? And what do we have to argue with to show our differences? Talk about duplicitous. In, in my mind, that, that goes into wickedness, in my view. You know, you, you talk to your constituents like you're going to get this done and you have no intentions of getting it done. No, you know? no. And there's so much of that. There is so much of that. See, Trump would be great. Devin Nunes would be great because he and Cash had to expose the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Yeah. They know how to work through that system. And that's what we need is people on the ground and organizing groups of our congressional members to get things done. That's interesting that you would say that they uh, that they know about um, the, the Devin Nunes and Cash Patel were the ones behind the scenes, kind of bringing to the surface the Russia, Russia, Russia. They were the ones that fought that and brought. I didn't realize that the way. However, you just said that I didn't realize that was happening. That they oh, were yes. Uh, have you seen the film? I think it's called The Plot Against the President. I have not and seen that. I've seen the book. Yeah, but he, he's getting a book about that or something. Yes. Well, uh, Amanda Millilis, I don't think I have her last name right, but Amanda M., she produced that film. And I recommend that people see that film because it really shows the corruption that was going on. And it wasn't until the Durham reports that Cash even spoke about things 
that they had suspected but couldn't get to. So I, I think if we want transparency and honesty and action, I would love to see Devin and Cash Patel there. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Well, I'm going to get this uh, video. If I can do it, I'm going to get the video to it. I know we've got access to him, but I don't know if it's through his his handler or his agent, uh, probably. But I'll find out uh, after we get off the show. But we'll get this video. We'll get this show to him and ask him to watch it. So, So you don't... You don't think in his own mind he's, he would even consider it right now as we speak. He doesn't even know about this as an option. And- well, one of the reasons I got excited about him was I thought he put himself forward. Oh, okay. But it didn't, it didn't necessarily go anywhere at the moment. But we're going to go through rounds of voting. Yeah. Talk about some things about Trump. Um, we seem to be, you know, we've heard for us, especially among the Patriot channels, they say when we get to the precipice and they've said it for a long time. And now we seem to be at a precipice with this thing in Israel. And this is a, whether it's a false flag or a world, a scary event that people have predicted was coming for a long time. Um, what can you talk about as far as Trump? What's he doing? We, I believe, of course, he's the commander in chief. I, I, I talked that over with you. We said it on the air last time. He's the commander in chief, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Because we're having new people uh, joining and they'll say, no, no, he's not. And yes, he is. So, uh, right. If it Just works, like we've got people saying, oh, the U.S. was never a corporation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, some other time I'll go through the list of how it came to be and how the city of London and the bankers owned us and what they did to us. So I caution people, you have to ask, why are those people spreading that? Why are those people even thinking that? So there could be several reasons. One is they're feeling disillusioned, and so they're expressing their own disappointment or doubt. Another is that they actually could be trying to put a wedge. And when they want to put a wedge and make us be doubtful and think negatively, then we also lose contact with our higher spirit. Yeah. And that's who we have to listen to. Yeah. Including ourselves. Got to trust ourselves. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, when you said that last time, it made me think of the whole thing of the very first time I saw Trump come down the escalator. I think that's what made me jump to that because he came down the escalator, he started talking, and I'm going, that's who I want. I didn't know what he would sound like. And and at one speech, and I said, that's who I'm voting for for president. That was, I, I just knew in my gut he was what we needed. Now, I heard you say that he um, knew, uh, this is what I think you said, he knew that this was gonna that this election would be stolen, and but that was all. I think you indicated it was all incorporated in the plan. Meaning he knew what they would do, and he knew he was already planning his response before it all happened. Would that? That's my words, not yours. All right. Well, one, given he was recruited, 
yeah. the military, the generals that have supported him and convinced him, they knew and they educated. Again, Admiral Rogers going to him that they're spying on you. He immediately moved the entire campaign to Bedminster. So the, the executive order 13848 created a national emergency in there. It talked about election fraud. And that was September 12th, 2018. But wow, he, way back then. Okay. Yes. And he made reference to November 3rd, 2020 about it. So uh, actually, Derek Johnson asked the question very well. How did he know to put that in in 2018? Because the military prevented the cheating by the Democrats, which is why Hillary was so devastated. They never expected Trump to get so many legitimate votes. Okay. So that that is how he put the executive order together because he knew it would happen in 2018. He knew it would happen in 2020. And again, those Democrats are so sneaky because they started a year before saying, oh, if he loses, he's never going to leave the White House. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, Trump is not, he's not a baby. Yeah. There are certain things in he doesn't put up with and he strikes back, but he's not a baby. And that is just so irrelevant. But that is their way of brainwashing other people to expect that. Oh, well, Trump lost. Now he's not going to leave. And they're waiting to see that he doesn't leave. And of course, he leaves. He leaves because and how often have we heard him and other people say, it's going to get bad. It has to get bad. Yeah. They have to see, the public has to see the way they want to lead our country. And Trump, the military could not show the receipts immediately after 2020 because we probably would have had some form of a civil war. And the other thing was that when you think about all the cleanup they have to do, because when those people were doing everything to be corrupt and to fool us and to lie to us and to do worse to us, those actions need a reaction. So we have quite a few people. Um, we have large groups of people who are trying to clean up a yeah. lot of this. And we just have to have some faith in them. Look, do you think Trump would put up with all of this, these indictments? And think about the arrows that come at him mm. every single day that have for eight years. And that man stays positive, keeps going. And I love how he talks about the pause, meaning yeah. we got to put up with it during this time. 
but also my sense as to why a lot of tension is also arising within the patriot community is that we don't know specifically we can't put our finger on it but we feel like there's movement happening you know we pick up on things but the whole picture isn't there yet yeah and so we have to remind ourselves we're sensing it and it's good that we're sensing it but we can't get into those expectations of but it was supposed to happen sooner someone said or it needs to it it will happen in the right time and keep in mind that an action brings a reaction and then what is the next step and we see the deep state panicking and we want them to panic yeah because then they'll make more and more mistakes now I have I have a dear friend in Israel. Uh, he actually is the chair of Republicans Overseas Israel, and three of his sons have been called up. Oh, one wow. is a tank commander. Uh, the one is a pilot. The other one is a ground soldier, and this is a very very real thing. There are questions about how did they not know? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know of anyone that's not asking that, right? It's such right. a question. Wow. Well, it is. Uh and I don't think we're gonna have the answers. Mm. We're not gonna get the answers. And do does it really matter at this in the point end? It, at this point it doesn't matter anymore i mean we we'd like to know but at this point it's on this thing's on you know right was Mossad involved is it true that egypt gave them warnings 10 days before and no. a year before we don't know and those messages come out to confuse us on purpose yeah and i, I also think that because the cabal did not and davos and world economic forum did not succeed in creating world war three with ukraine and russia that this had to be the next instigation and you hamas think? is being funded i mean for, I, mean, the whole, I mean, Biden gives them money to Iran, and a short while later, this thing launches. They just needed the cash to, to probably launch it. So I want to ask you a question about, you talked earlier in the broadcast about more and more people are waking up at another place in your article uh, or your notes. I can't remember which one it was. You used the term two-thirds. You used the fraction two-thirds are awake. I think that was, if I'm reading yes. that right, is that, do you believe that's the, that's the that's among Democrats, Republicans, independents. Conservatively, yes. I think what's very interesting is that I've started when a liberal makes a comment, uh, or for instance, Rob Reiner or George Tacky, I look at all the responses that they get and the amount of people that are so aware and don't buy into what they're saying just keeps growing exponentially. Wow. So that is one of the things that is a measurement for us because 
Then the other measurement is David Fromm made some declaration about somebody, you know, probably Trump. And I, I just said, well, what's your evidence? And the people that follow him gave me smart aleck remarks. You know, you could go to Google. but And so I, I'm able to delineate the kind of people and the thinking and the mindset that follow some of these liberals and also those who don't follow these liberals as much anymore and take them on. That's so good. One last question. When we talked about continuity of government and you believe the, the COG, COG, um, I don't know if that's the same, uh, is that's a synonym for a devolution or if it's basically the same idea, but um, what do you say about Trump? Trump said about himself days ago, I'm kind of in my second uh, term. And he, I never heard him do that before. Why did he suddenly say that? And do you believe he's not just commander in chief, but more of the acting president? So, uh, president? No. What, how, what no, was he, I, why I did don't he think... say that? What was he trying to calm? What kind of calm was that? Well, it's very interesting because one of the other speeches that he gave, I listened to several times. Yeah. And he made a comment of, I've been preparing this for all my life. And then later in the speech, I didn't know I was get what I was getting into. And he would get the amount of years wrong the second time, but I don't mean wrong. And so he really is so strategic (laughs) in what he's saying. And people were getting all excited because there was something about, well, in five months. No, 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 no. You just, you, you can't take anything out of context and you have to compare it to other things that are said, frankly, during that same speech. He's giving comms more and more all the time. And I'm not that good at picking him up. When someone points it out, then I go, oh, now I see that. But I don't I don't tend to pick it up real time. Well, you have to listen to it a couple of times because, you know, also. We speak at about 125 words a minute and our brain, our list, our brain can absorb up to 800 words a minute, which is why. We kind of wander. We think we wandered off, but we really haven't. It's just that's the speed of our brain's ability to process. Oh, that's, good. Oh, that's interesting. So, and what? so that's why I listened to his speech two times. Well, I listened to it. I listened to it. Then I listened to it two times while I was taking notes really? to understand okay. what he was doing. So you're doing the same thing that we are, trying to figure out what's the cause. Hey, he wrote a he wrote an article or a, or a meme or a post a few days ago, and someone pointed it out and said everything, nothing is a mistake. And he was he was talking about something that was going to come. I don't even remember the full context, and he, he used the word about an attack. But instead of saying attack, at the end of one line he put A T T capital, and on the, another line he put ACK. 
In other words, he didn't spell it correctly, but he did it on purpose. And I thought, well, if that's a com, is he saying something about AT&T? Or did you see that one? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. And, and the thing is, I think it's more important to take notes about them and not necessarily try to figure it out on the okay. spot. Okay. I've always tried to convince the media, you need to connect the dots over a period of time. You need to understand if he said this, and then who knows how many weeks or months later he said this, connecting the dots. Yeah. Don't, don't take singular or a few in a speech and try to make meaning out of it. Need more pieces. You've got to, you've got, this is a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. This, it, this is a jigsaw puzzle. And also, he also wants to fool other people and sway them in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's a both so, end. Do, do you think these are all meticulously pre-planned so he knows what he's going to say in that speech? Or does he invent some of these real tying? What do you know enough anything about him that you to know that? Uh, I I think the inconsistencies are written into the speech. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just as much, and I have not followed Q. Someone has promised to educate me in yeah. Q and the Q drops. I'm not really so. a follower, but I enjoy it when someone points stuff out. I don't have enough exactly. time. Exactly. I don't have enough time in the day to follow it, but it's interesting when I hear about it. But often people point out how there are errors on purpose. Yeah. So I don't, I, maybe someone can answer for both of us who understands yeah. the Q drop <laughs> and tell us hey, what uh, the purpose of it is. I know, me too. Uh, uh, let's talk last thing. Um, I think I said last time before, but one more last thing. Do you know, is there anything else you would like to comment on or know about or can give guidance in any way about this whole Israeli Hamas thing? What's going on? I mean, I didn't ask you if that was anything that, that you have any expertise on. Any thoughts on that? Uh, no. Okay. And so, as you know, if it's not in my wheelhouse, yeah. I prefer not to make comments. Yeah, about that's it. good. So, well, you know, we're going to try and get this to Devin Nunes so that he will listen to it. Because I didn't, I honestly, the way you described it, you someone who's built, who knows construction or something. I thought, oh, she's talking about Trump. She just doesn't want to say it. But you were, you're saying in that you were talking about Nunes? I, the more I thought about it, because I don't know if he put himself forth, but somebody, reported that he put himself up for it and i did post on truth social devin nunez i had you in mind when oh, i wrote this article so there you go so if we yeah. said it maybe be the second time so yes well, dr jan let's see we had a graphic of a book that you wrote now this may be a book out of print do we want to talk about that for a second uh, how about if we do that next time? Okay, we'll talk because, about that. Yeah, because I would love to have the opportunity to talk about masculine toxicity and the destruction of the male. Uh, yeah. Gloria, so All, Gloria Allred is that lawyer that always defends all the women, you know, all the Me yeah. Too. Oh, and yeah. Else. 
And I've debated with her. She calls me a man's liver. <laughs> and I, I, I interviewed over 4,000 men and followed 43 men's lives for two years. And I understand the issues incredibly well. Um, and I think it's very unfair. I picked up for about five minutes on spaces on Twitter of a group of men talking about that they need to get their you-know-what back and be men. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's the truth. And, and we really need to look at how, from a cultural standpoint, men have been degraded. Yeah, so yeah. I'd love to come back and talk about that. Yeah, there's that's what's that term? It's like that you've been we we've been made eunuchs, so to speak. You right. know, if you don't say this and don't say that, you know, and of course anything related to if you learn kindness and problem so you know, doing making nice to, to for lack of a better word, there's some of that that men needed to learn, but it just went way too far. You know. It, now you, Yes. Now you absolutely. can't. There used to be a completely appropriate way to, to compliment a, a woman. Hey, I love that dress. You don't say anything now. And there's the rules are so intense. So we, men don't. So we don't tend to break the rules unless you're at a, it seems like unless you're an abuser, you don't tend to break that rule. But uh, it kind of went a little bit too far, I thought. Well, it, uh, a little bit. That is the equivalent of a British understatement. It really has gone way too far. Um, when I entered the business world, we were prepared. You're going to get comments. You're going to get looks. And you just deal with it. We learned, we learned to have a sense of humor about it because we wanted to work with these men. Yeah. And we weren't going to change them, nor did we set out to. And then the women's lib movement went overboard that somehow but even the Me Too movement is a form of victimhood. It has not made women stronger. But I, I, I'll, I'll stop because if I really no, get well, You know, that'll be fun to hit that because, because after the Me Too movement, then all the more careful we are being. Um, you know, I, I was always a guy, okay, I'm 68 years old. From the time I was a businessman way back in the 80s, and I had my own office. Uh, I've always had businesses on my own. I always put a glass uh, window in my office so that never, so I would never be accused of anything, you know, because it was already, you know, men were already being caught and hung by their toenails, so that, you know, historically. Yes. Uh, and some of that was very much deserved, but I didn't want to, want to ever be part of that. So I always put glass on my doors, you know, so that's, that's the intent. Yep. Exactly. Was there All any right. link that we wanted to share for you, Emily? It seems like there was a link for Dr. Jan. Well, we talked about the book, but we'll do that next time when I can really talk okay. about okay. the book okay. and so, the research. And then how do you have social media that people can uh, access? To, to yes. Find out? There uh, it is right there, True Social. And Twitter. Twitter, see if that's... Biz Shrink. There's Twitter, Biz Shrink. I like that. And my writing is Dr. Jan dot substack dot com. There it is. Okay. All right. Anything <laughs> else you want to share before we let you go? No, just to thank you. It's always such a delight to be with you. It very much is. Thank you. 
Get my article, send it to your congressman, make your voice heard that none of them are qualified to be speaker. Let's get behind it. We'll have our own grassroots movement. Very, very good. All right, Dr. Janice, thanks so much. And a uh, quick reminder, Donna Rigney will be, be with us in the morning at 11 o'clock Pacific. Thanks a lot, everybody. Hey, have a great day. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.